Miller there. You're listening to Manufacturing Tomorrow, brought to you by the Ohio Manufacturing Institute at The Ohio State University. I'm Katherine Kelly, your host. Today, we are speaking with Rebecca Dre, CEO of Society Profits and Executive Director of BiSocial USA. These organizations focus on building networks of accredited social impact businesses selling goods and services to companies across the U.S. The goal is to develop a social procurement system that improves society alongside corporate sustainability, shareholder and customer satisfaction, and employee retention. Society Profits provides third-party accreditation for social enterprise sellers and helps them gain social procurement contracts, build local networks, and improve their social enterprise businesses. In 2019, Rebecca co-founded BiSocial USA, offering social procurement support services to large corporations, governments, and anchor institutions. She served for two years as Michigan chapter leader for Social Enterprise Alliance and was appointed this year as a board member of the nationwide nonprofit network of 1,000 members and 16 chapters. Prior to her work in the U.S., Rebecca led community enterprises and nonprofit organization management companies in the United Kingdom. Rebecca started her career in the hospitality industry working for Marriott Hotels. Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you. So nice to be here. What was the driving force behind the establishment of Society Profits, and how does the, organiza- how does the organization intersect with BiSocial USA? So... I've been in the States about six years now. And the first thing that struck me when I was looking at the social enterprise space here is that the US doesn't have a legal business entity type for a social enterprise. So you could be a 501c3 selling goods and services, you could be an LLC or a benefit corporation or an L3c or Um, really any entity type. So we established Society Profits to bring an independent third-party verified certification to the social enterprise businesses to um, help them instead of being able to prove their social enterprise credentials by the kind of entity they are, they provide them by showing us that they meet the criteria and standards of being a social enterprise. So namely, dedicating more than 50% of their profit to benefiting people and planet and having an asset lock in place within their governing documents to protect that into the future. So Society Profits verifies the sellers and by Social USA is a social procurement intermediary nonprofit that helps corporate government and other institutional buyers to find the sellers and contract with them to supply them with goods and services. What are the advantages of becoming a certified social enterprise? You know, certification isn't necessary or um, sometimes it can be too difficult for some small B2C impact organizations. You know, sometimes certification is a prohibitive factor for a lot of very small B2Cs. But when you have a market opportunity like social procurement coming to the country, you have to have a way of verifying the seller's credentials to ensure transparency and trust in the social procurement process. So becoming a certified social enterprise means that you've been vetted to enter the social procurement seller database that BiSocial USA uses to find its sellers for the buyers. And how do the certified social enterprises expand the capabilities of a supply chain? So I like to 
tell people about something called the economic multiplier. Um, when you buy something from a big box store, the money usually goes into the pockets of a small handful of people, maybe shareholders, and it also often goes overseas. When you purchase something from a local store, that's great. Around 80% of the money usually stays in the local economy. But when you buy $100 worth of goods or services from a social enterprise, up to $450 of impact is created by that $100. Because social enterprises tend to employ people that have traditionally been far from the labor market or had massive barriers to employment. They tend to set up shop in poorer neighborhoods or areas that have a combination of struggles. And they tend to be companies with a much higher rate of female ownership, minority ownership, and they actually save taxpayers money because they reduce um, the individuals and communities needs for social supports. So with the help of a social procurement intermediary, it can also create ways for smaller suppliers to join together and jointly bid for contracts. And the intermediary can help to inform local social enterprises about market demand so that they can pivot and off offer different goods and services that already have buyers waiting for them. So we give them you know, insider knowledge. And lastly, social enterprises help traditional companies to show impact, which is in growing demand for customers, employees, shareholders, and all of the other environmental and social targets. So companies are looking to demonstrate their UN sustainable development goals or other ESG reporting. So by purchasing from even at tier two and tier three social enterprise suppliers, traditional companies can show much greater impact that they can purchase than they could through traditional CSR methods. Do you have any examples of when a company is focusing on the, um, the social impact as a priority, like what that looks like um, in the you know, tier two, tier three, yeah, so, and it's interesting. So in the US, it's not an easy fix. It's still really early and young. Um, it requires the buyers to think differently and act differently. But the easiest way for any traditional company to start on the journey uh, of adding social procurement is to look at things like small discrete spend first. So some of the places that have tried this, they've looked at where do we have um, something that falls below a threshold for that would normally have to go out to tender or an RFP threshold? Could you buy that same thing from a social enterprise? And then you can expand it from there. And that's what in a lot of other countries, that's how it, it started with these small discrete spends. So for example, could you buy your office supplies from a social enterprise? Could you buy tea and coffee or event catering? Um, and those are some of those things that we're starting to see um, companies buying waste recycling or, you know, other things like that, digital marketing services. Um, and there are an amazing array of companies out there selling great things that you buy anyway, but using their profit to help homeless people or victims of domestic violence or people with learning difficulties or reducing plastic use and so on. So it, it is growing, but it's in small pockets around the country. Uh, so when uh, companies are partnering with bona fide social enterprises in the supply chain, 
What are the specific metrics that must uh, be followed and reported out? So different social enterprises report on different outcomes and impacts. It depends on their reason for existing. So um, they might report on the number of people that have gained a job or come off welfare or other social supports, gained a qualification, stopped using food stamps or um, a reduction in the reoffending rate, how many tons of waste have been kept out of landfill or repurposed and so on. So um, those things are very specific to the enterprise. The thing that's common across all social enterprises that are certified US social enterprises is that they have to attest to the, the six um, metrics of being a social enterprise. So back to that piece around how they use their profits and so on. Great. Um, so what is the process of securing social procurement contracts? What industry sectors are involved? I mean, how deep is the network at this point? It's really young. We're at the very beginning of the journey. Um, we have some great international companies like SAP, the software company. Um, we're talking to Food Buy and the Compass Group, who are, again, a huge international buyer. Um, and they're interested because they've been doing social procurement in other countries and they wanted to do it in the US. They were waiting for somebody like Buy Social USA to come along as an intermediary and help them with it. But we're also talking with um, local and state governments and some universities, some faith organizations and hospitals. So we're kind of at the point where we need two things because we need interested buyers to publicly say they're interested. But we also need the social enterprises to join our local networks and become visible as well. So we use a free online platform called Good Market to have all of the suppliers listed in one place. And uh, actually, Good Market itself is a social enterprise, so that's helpful. Oh, that is great. Um, so do you have manufacturers who have jumped on board? I mean, I know you talked about SAP as a software company. Um, but are there any examples? Um, and, and if not, you know, what, what would be, what do you see as the ideal situation for, for manufacturers? So I think um, we haven't yet had any manufacturers come on board. And really what we need in all sectors is for the buyers to publicly declare an interest in social procurement. So the more that we can show the demand from the buyer, the more that we can find the sellers. Um, we did have an interesting example, um, a huge uh, affordable housing builder network from across the country actually contacted us and said, we would really love to buy um, things that we need for house building. We would like to buy those things from social enterprises. And they actually gave us their product list and how much they spend and how many items they buy per year and said, you know, we buy 10,000 toilets or, you know, 6 million light switches or whatever. And so that kind of transparency and, and working with us in that way is so helpful because it helps us to really specifically know what we're talking to the social enterprise seller community about when, when it comes to finding them the right, the right sellers. Uh, you've spoken about other countries that have uh, these social procurement ecosystems and what is the difference with the model that Europe uses, for example? I mean, you, you've been contacted by companies who are 
have uh, familiarity with this in other countries. So what is uh, what would be the difference from what you're setting up now in the U.S. and, and what is happening in other countries? Yeah, the social procurement movement is much, uh, it's been around a lot longer in other countries. So um, we are actually part of a, a global network of other social procurement intermediaries that are um, just like us. Um, some of them are called bisocial, and uh, but some of them have different names. So um, in Europe, we have the bisocial movement actually started in the UK through Social Enterprise UK. Um, Australia has social traders, New Zealand, New Zealand has the Akina Foundation, um, Canada has Bisocial Canada, and we specifically called ourselves Bisocial USA to, to work alongside them. One of the things I think they um, have that we do not yet have is they have a, a pledge from government um, at a local but also a national level. So that's something that, um, you know, a lot of these organizations are actually government backed or government funded um, because, because social procurement actually reduces uh, the money that taxpayers pay because it helps people with those, you know, reducing all of those other costs that government has to spend money on. Um, they've actually seen the benefit of, of investing in it in other countries. But, um, but no, across the board, I think it's great because being part of this global movement means that we share information together. We share what's worked, what hasn't worked, you know, and for us, we're, we're the baby in the family. We're just, you know, starting out really this year. And so um, it's great to be able to learn from all of the things that they've done really well. But uh, all of the countries have got some things that are very similar. So um, certifying the sellers independently, and then, you know, understanding that it takes time, telling stories about the impact. We're actually just about to launch um, a call for social enterprise sellers to do a series called Meet the Seller, where they really tell us about their social enterprise and how, when you buy from them, the, the impact that that creates, because I think it's quite a hidden sector in the U.S. still. And uh, when, when you're talking about that, I, I, I read that Social Enterprise Alliance has been around since 1998. So this is not a new concept. No, actually, um, the first social enterprise in the U.S. was started in Chicago in 1884. Oh, That's, all right. So, you know, the concept of social enterprise is actually really embedded in many, many things. So things like public radio are public radio stations are usually social enterprises. They are using a market, um, you know, a, a marketplace in order to create impact by, um, you know, income generating to keep themselves sustained to do a public service. So yeah, so social enterprise has been around forever. It's been called lots of different things, but, but yeah, it's, it's a well-established model. Social enterprise alliance themselves hadn't really looked at things like social procurement or certification. So, um, you know, so that's something new that they're just starting to explore with us now. When you're talking about procurement and certification, I think training. And are you offering any training programs to help companies become more cognizant and take advantage of social enterprise networks in their supply chain? 
Yeah, so we, uh, by Social USA, is essentially an educator and a connector and a facilitator. So we help to educate buyers around the social procurement process, helping them just to think about how they might put out an RFP or how they might look at their um, discrete spend or even analyzing their existing supplier network because quite often they're actually buying from social enterprises without realizing it. Um, and then on the seller side, we work with local networks. So we're not trying to um, duplicate what's happening at the grassroots level. We see a lot of value in working with local support organizations. So for example, you mentioned the Social Enterprise Alliance has 16 chapters around the country. So we would work with a local chapter, help them to have the tools they need to educate their local membership on how to become ready for procurement, how to become ready for certification, what are the benefits, that type of thing. So we see ourselves as just um, creating a network of networks, really, because the US is, is too big and th there's too much disparate work going on. We need to really connect it all together because oftentimes there are amazing things happening and other people just don't know about them and they might be one city over. So so really that's part of what our role is, is to, to educate and facilitate and connect. Well, as, as you're building this, well, your own enterprise, uh, what's next for by Social USA and Society Profits? So for us, we we need help to get the word out we need to you know do things like this where we where we talk to you and uh we need sellers to come forward and get certified we need them to sign off on good market and join our network it's free to do that so it's you know it should be an easy decision to to sign up as a seller but we also need buyers to pledge public support um, a lot of people are talking about, you know, how can we build back better after the pandemic? And I would say one of the ways that we build back better is to buy better and vote with our wallet, you know, make good purchasing decisions that impact our communities and, and create benefit for everybody. I, I think it's a very good time to be doing that. Thank you so much for your time, yeah. Rebecca. I appreciate it. No, thank you very much.